Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program. I'm your host, Steve Z. Let's get started. Welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with your host, Steve Z. It is Monday, the fourth day of October 2021. We are now 10 months into the gropey Joe Biden cackling communist camel toe Harris administration, and things are not looking too good for the groper in chief or the woman who literally slept her way to the second top position in our nation. Last week was tough for President Gropey Joe Biden, and Camel Toe Harris did not make it any easier. You might recall I told you the honeymoon was over for Gropey Joe Biden as far as the media is concerned. I think they circled the wagons and decided it's time for Joe to go. So let's put Camel Toe Harris into the spotlight. It's sort of like taking an aging quarterback who's throwing interceptions and fumbling the ball and allowing himself to get sacked over and over and over. Finally, when they realize, the coaches that is, that this guy's just not cutting the mustard anymore, they start grooming the number two, the bench warmer, the second stringer. And unfortunately for the United States of America, that number two is a piece of number two. Cackling communist Kamala Camelotoe Harris, the vice president, she spends more time pulling her own foot out of her mouth than even gropey Joe does. Last week, she did not make Joe Biden's job very easy. And before I get into that, let me just say, Biden's legislative agenda, including that $1.2 trillion so-called infrastructure bill that was supposed to be bipartisan in nature, meaning a couple of Republicans actually signed on to it, Republicans like a guy who I used to have a lot of respect for, Senator Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, he decided that it is more important to help his own state, which is great because that's where I live, and saying, listen, if we if we push this infrastructure bill through, we'll get some money here in Louisiana. And we just had hurricanes back-to-back years, so we could use the money. And so what if the rest of the country's got to pay for it and our great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren, we're going to get some money out of it. The sprawling $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation package, the Build Back Better lie, which will actually be more like a $5.5 trillion budget reconciliation package. Both of those measures stalled after Democrats failed to reach an agreement on the larger of the two, which, as you all know, include a variety of funding for a bunch of special interest so-called social programs. There's nothing infrastructural about it. Earlier in the week, lawmakers grilled military leaders over the U.S.'s botched evacuation of Afghanistan under gropey Joe Biden, and one contradicted a statement that the president made last month, claiming that the advisors did not tell him to keep a small military presence in the country. Those lies were brought forth in all the Sunday morning programming, and now the question is, did gropey Joe Biden just out-and-out lie like he's done for 50 years in politics? Or has his senility, his Alzheimer's, his mental decline just caused him to simply forget what those people told him while he was napping in the morning meetings? The polling data is now really starting to show. Polls in the last few weeks have shown Biden is indeed struggling. Last month in a Harvard-Caps-Harris poll, ready for this? 
51% of registered voters throughout the United States now say Donald J. Trump was a better president than gropey Joe Biden. This is a Harvard University Caps-Harris poll and a survey released by the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research just this past Friday showed Biden's approval rating dropping dramatically amongst Democrats. It's already low amongst independents and Republicans. And here we go. Cackling communist camel toe Kamala Harris, for her part, added fuel to the fire last week on Tuesday. She responded to a George Mason University student's comment accusing Israel of, gen- of ethnic genocide. Rather, This wasn't the first time that Harris opened the Biden administration up to criticism. This student, by the way, at George Mason University asked the following. Or her, her question was more like a statement followed by a small question. She said, quote, You brought up how the power of the people and demonstrations and organizing is very valuable in America, Miss Harris. But I see that over the summer, there have been protests and demonstrations in astronomical numbers standing with Palestine. There have been just as many standing with Israel. This student is only pointing out those that support her position. She says, but then, Miss Harris, just a few days ago, there were funds allocated to continue backing Israel, which hurts my heart, the student said, because it's ethnic genocide and displacement of people, the same that happened in America, and I'm sure you're aware of this. She basically trapped Camel Toe Harris, and Camel Toe Harris is too stupid, too ignorant, too uninformed, and too unable to properly politically respond. So Camel Toe Harris said, quote, This is about the fact that your voice, your perspective, your experience, your truth should not be suppressed. <laughs> and it must be heard. Republicans, of course, quickly capitalized on this gaffe and criticized Camel Toe Harris for her reaction, which many people took to be that she is agreeing with this student that the United States should not be backing Israel, our longtime ally that has never once performed a terrorist act in our country or against our people. Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley tweeted on Tuesday in response to Camel Toe Harris's misspoking, speaking, spaking. Kamala Harris doesn't have the time to go to the border, but she apparently has plenty of time to encourage anti-Israel, anti-Semitic falsehoods. That was a tweet by Senator Hawley. Politico reported on Friday that Camel Toe Harris is working to mend relations with the multitude of pro-Israel Democrats. That is, after she pulls her foot out of her mouth. Her office was in touch with Jewish groups, including the Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, And this is what was written by ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt in Twitter on Tuesday. Just spoke with the VP office. Glad to hear her confirm she is proud of her record supporting Israel. And knows claim it is committing ethnic genocide is patently false. Looking forward to a clearing of the record so there's no ambiguity that what the student said was indeed hateful and wrong. 
They're all trying to kiss the ass of she who will be the president when Gropey Joe is either forced to resign or resigns on his own or dies of old age or gets put in a an old folks home where he belongs or if some semblance of order comes to be and they invoke the 25th Amendment and remove him forcefully from office. He is indeed weak-minded, feeble, senile, an Alzheimer's patient, a man who can't remember how to tie his own shoes or what state he is in or what office he holds. After that visit to the school last week, George Mason University, Cameltoe Harris's office released a statement noting that the vice president has been unwavering in her commitment to Israel and to Israel's security, and that she strongly disagrees with the students' characterization of Israel. But the damage is done. The toothpaste is out of the tube, Miss Harris. You said what you said, and that's probably how you truly feel when your handlers aren't pointing you in the right direction. If you ever have the opportunity to research The Hill, T-H-E-H-I-L-L website, a column appeared recently that... Cameltoe Harris is not ready for prime time, much less 2024, meaning we all know, and she knows, she's not ready to be the president of the United States. She's botching being the vice president, and she only got that because her skin is dark and she has a vagina, and that's what the polling data told Gropy Joe he needed to have as his VP in order to get elected. You recall... She finished dead last in the primaries leading up to the 2020 presidential election. This is the Truth Hurts program. Speaking of the Hill, Carolyn Vakel writes, Christie, talking about Chris Christie. Christie says, 2020 Joe Biden is now officially dead and buried. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie Republican said on Sunday that the 2020 presidential candidate Joe Biden is now officially dead and buried after the president went to Capitol Hill in an attempt to break an impasse amongst Democrats on a so-called bipartisan infrastructure bill and a massive social spending package. Christie said on ABC's This Week, quote, it's the death of 2020 Joe Biden. When he went to the Hill, 2020 Joe Biden is now officially dead and buried. The guy who ran against the progressives, ran against Bernie Sanders, ran against Elizabeth Warren, ran to be a uniter in this country, ran to say he was going to force compromise. Then he went up to the Hill and he capitulated to the progressives, the liberals in his party. And why should we be surprised? He couldn't stand up to the Taliban. How can we expect him to stand up to... AOC. And for all the good it did Joe Biden to go to Capitol Hill and show just how weak, uninformed, ignorant, backwards, and powerless he actually is as the so-called President of the United States, it came as Democrat House leadership failed to even schedule a vote on the so-called $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure plan. It was already passed by the Senate but they don't have enough votes in the House to make it happen. And it's not because of obstructionist Republicans this time. We know what we don't want to spend. The Democrats are sharply divided amongst common sense centrists and the wacky left squad, 
people like Bernie Sanders, Focahontas Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Alexandria Horseface Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and the rest of the wacky, far, far left radical wing of the Democrat Party. Moderate Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema from Arizona have stated they do not approve of the reconciliation plan's posted $3.5 trillion price tag because you and I both know it's more like $5.5 trillion. Joe Manchin said he would favor a $1.5 trillion price tag, but all of the woke social progressive bullshit that's included in that massive package still has not been ferreted out because, according to nasty Nazi Nancy Pelosi, you can't read it until you pass it. Gropey Joe went to Capitol Hill on Friday to try and ease tensions between members of his own party, sharply divided as to progressives versus moderates. His efforts to unify Democrats were not even close to being successful. My friends, the failure to bring the bipartisan infrastructure legislation for a vote proves to be a win for America right now because we're not spending that money. But unfortunately, a bigger win for the progressives. Though in a Dear Colleague letter on Saturday, Speaker Nasty Nazi Nancy Pelosi defended the decision to stall the vote, saying, More time is needed to reach our goal of passing both bills, which we will. She made it clear the bipartisan bill would have to pass before October 31st. Big Halloween surprise, Nasty Nancy. I don't think it's going to pass because you got Bernie Sanders actively out there saying, don't pass it. You've got people like Alexandria Horseface Cortez and the squad saying, don't pass it until we get everything we want. These are the kind of ignorant people who would say, hey, The steaks aren't coming, but we do have the salad, the appetizers, the potatoes, the vegetable. And they say, nope, we don't want any of it. We'd rather starve until we get our steak and our dessert. That's the ignorance in the far left, radical, progressive, woke, liberal wing of the Democrat Party. They get what they deserve, my friends. And that's the truth. And this here is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, an article written by Andrew Durin today says Democrats are weighing, cutting programs, or reducing the scope in order to trim the $3.5 trillion bill. Sounds to me like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema have the upper hand and are indeed controlling the narrative. Good for you two. Good for you two peoples. According to the Wall Street Journal, Democrats working to unite around a far-reaching social policy and climate bill are now having to weigh two different approaches to reduce the overall cost. Either eliminate proposed programs entirely or cut their duration. You see, any time you feed a stray cat one time, that cat will come back to your back door looking for food forever. And if it's enough food and the cat's not spayed or neutered, 
It will mate and make new cats, you know, kittens, who will then mate and make new cats, you know, kittens, and drag those new cats and kittens to your back door, looking for a never-ending supply of free food. That's exactly what has happened with minorities and uneducated majority people in this country. They get a program, and then they expect that program to last forever. They're waiting for that free saucer of milk and that free tender vittles bowl to just appear at their door every month. Democrats debating over the two options took on fresh urgency this weekend after gropey Joe Biden said on Friday, you will have to shrink the size of the legislation, which is projected to spend three and a half trillion dollars and expand and create all kinds of social programs on education, health care and climate, amongst other things. The wah-wah crowd, they're not happy about this. For some, like Rashida Tlaib, like Bernie Sanders, like AOC, it's an all or nothing. We want three and a half trillion dollars or you get nothing. Which is good for America right now because even though we do need roads and bridges and tunnels and pipelines and electrical grid infrastructure improvements, you know, real, actual infrastructure. We don't need all the other fluff and bullshit and pork. And so the longer we wait, the smaller the so-called bill will have to be. Centrists opposed $3.5 trillion wisely. Fiscal conservatism does have a few fingers in the Democrat stronghold, especially in battleground states where the Democrats hold only very minor advantages and the growth of fiscal conservatism in the minds of common sense taxpaying working Americans starts to knock on their back door. Centrists oppose the large amount of spending. They question the cost. They certainly are now starting to question the impact on inflation, which is rising at really fiery levels not seen since the debacle of the Jimmy Carter presidency. By the way, Jimmy Carter is still alive, and I'm sure he gets up every morning, reads the paper, looks at Rosalind Carter and says, Hey, look at there, Rosalind. We're no longer the worst president in the history of our country. Hey, 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 hey. Joe Biden's the worst president in the history of our country. Hey, 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 hey. Pass me some peanut butter. Mr. Biden told House Democrats that after negotiating with centrists, he expects the overall tab to fall to about 1.9 to 2.3 trillion, according to people familiar with his remarks, but too scared to admit who they are. Progressive, liberal, wacky Democrats who backed the so-called $3.5 trillion level are now starting to acknowledge, as of the Sunday Talking Heads shows, They may need to scale back the legislation to reach a compromise, but they don't know if they can come to an agreement on how much to scale it back. Representative Pramila Jayapal of Washington State, the chairwoman of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, said to CNN State of the Union, quote, There's no number on the table that everyone has agreed to. This is the beginning of a negotiation. Would you like fries with that? Or would you like a slushie? Okay, that part she didn't say. 
In order to get to a lower spending range, some lawmakers, including several progressives, are looking at shortening the timeline for the proposed spending, according to aides. Others, including some centrists, want to focus the funds on smaller numbers of actual programs. Democrat Senator Tim Klain of Virginia said, There are two options. You could take pieces out, or you could start a piece in year two rather than year one. Or you could do some for only five years, not ten, and count on it being so popular when you come back in year six. Well, of course we'll want to do it. It's just like I said. You tell the cats I'm only feeding you for a day or two. They come back and start scratching the screens out of your back door. You'll figure out a way to start feeding them again. You can slip the program back in at any time. Democrats know this. Choosing which option to pursue, or whether to pursue a combination of both, will likely force hard choices on Democrats over their cherished objectives. Among many measures, lawmakers are aiming to extend a recently expanded child tax credit. You know, free money for people who don't work, don't pay taxes, but they get something called a tax credit. It's like a universal income given to people, 360 bucks a month, here, per child. Here, here's some free money. Keep voting Democrat, y'all. They also want to create a new paid national leave program, and they want to push utilities to stop using oil, coal, and natural gas to produce electricity. I got news for you, asshats. There ain't enough wind in the nation, even the hot air coming out of Democrats' mouths, to blow wind turbines sufficient to power the nation's electric grid. And guess what? Solar is not very efficient, especially in places like Seattle, where the sun only shines 38 days a year, right? Top Democrats in the House are delaying the vote on the roughly $1 trillion infrastructure bill that had already passed the Senate. Progressives insisted on reaching an agreement on the massive social policy and climate bill first. That, of course, did not happen. So Congress over the weekend approved a 30-day extension of transportation programs that would have been reauthorized in the infrastructure bill that lapsed on October 1st. By doing so, they set a fresh one-month timeline for Democrats to resolve their intra-party differences. Gropey Joe Biden. Oh, and by the way, before I say what Gropey Joe Biden had to say, did you ever during the entire Trump administration see captions of what the president was saying when Donald Trump spoke, or Bill Clinton for that matter, or George W. Bush, or Ronald Reagan, or even Jimmy Carter, or even Barack Hussein Barry Sotero Obama? When they put gropey Joe Biden on the camera when he's doing an interview, when he's out there next to Air Force One or Air Force Two, they always run the captions below what he says because no one can understand what he's saying. Biden told reporters on Saturday that, quote, while everybody's frustrated with the process, both bills should pass. He said, there's no reason why these bills couldn't pass independently except that they're not the votes to do it that way. It's a simple proposition. I support both of them. I think we can get them both done alone. Yep, whatever's written on your cue card, Mr. Biden. Some Democrats see the social policy and climate bill as their only opportunity to tackle the breadth of the party's agenda while they still control both party control of the White House and both houses of Congress, 
which Democrats know will fall into Republicans' hands after the midterm elections next year. Republicans have been unified in opposition to this massive tax and spend and tax again proposal, focusing much of their criticism on the massive tax increases that will be needed to cover funding all of this wish list crap. Democrats are pursuing the social policy and climate bill through a process called budget reconciliation, which I was always told was only allowed to be used once in a calendar year, but Democrats change the rules as they go along, so they're going to try it again and again and again until someone steps up and says, hey, asshats, that's unconstitutional. Simultaneously passing measures on policy areas ranging from tax credits for electric cars to lowering the price of prescription drugs is a way to address many of the party's favorite issues before the midterm election, even though those measures will expire with only a couple of years. Nasty Nazi Nancy Pelosi said the Democrats will negotiate over shortening the timeline for programs proposed in the bill as a way to reduce the overall cost. She told reporters, If it's a shorter period of time or something like that, there's a question that we'll deal with. Alexandria Horseface Cortez said on CBS's Face the Nation program Sunday that we have to compromise. Setting up these programs for only a few years will put pressure on lawmakers on both sides to renew them in the future, spreading out the cost of funding over multiple pieces of legislation over several years. Centrists have said that such a tactic is the only way to disguise the true cost of the bill and have instead pushed for a narrower set of actual programs. Joe Manchin, the only common sense Democrat with the balls enough to speak his mind, said, you know those programs will never end. Once you start doing something, it becomes ingrained. Manchin is correct. He said he wants legislation limited to $1.5 trillion, which is still way the hell too high. He's pushed for targeting programs to only low-income Americans in order to reduce the amount of overall spending. That $3.5 trillion price tag, within it, Democrats plan on funding priorities on a temporary basis, knowing that they'll come back when they expire and blame Republicans for taking cat food away from the poor stray kitties and for taking money away from grandma in a nursing home or the Blafrican American 13% hyphenated minority because Republicans are so mean. For example, legislation drafted by House Democrats funded the expanded child tax credit for four additional years, expanded to two years of community college for five years, and child care provisions for six years, universal pre-kindergarten for seven years. The timelines for these programs, as well as for a family paid medical leave, are among those that lawmakers now say, well, we can shorten them all to two years or four years, and that way the Republicans will have to explain why they don't want to put cat food on the back porch for the stray kitties. Senator Bernie Crazy Sanders, who originally argued for spending beyond $3.5 trillion, said that a compromise is needed, but that $2 trillion is too little. He spoke on ABC's This Week and said, What the president has said is that there's going to have to be some give and take, and I think that that is right. 
Some Democrats are pushing their favored priorities to receive a more robust support in the legislation. Susan Del Bean is a Democrat of Washington State. She's the chairwoman of the moderate New Democrat Coalition. She said Democrats should focus their resources on the expanded child tax credit and avoid uncertainty about whether the program will continue at all in the future. She said the worst thing would be to just kind of say we're going to do a little bit of everything, so we've got to do things well. It's picking what we're doing well and making sure we're doing a solid job there. Other Democrats see starting many new programs as a way to build public support for those measures and to make progress on an array of policy goals all at one time and the risk of future Congresses letting those programs expire. Andy Levine is a Democrat representative from Michigan. He's a member of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. He said, here's the key question. What's the way to get something funded for a long time? And the way is to make it big enough and universal enough and important enough so that the people demand that it continue. Life's a gamble. We're only here for a little while, he said. He should be elected out of office, voted out of office, along with all these progressive whack jobs who are screwing up our nation. But then again, who the hell am I? Only the moderator of the Truth Hurts program, where we tell it like it is. That is going to wrap up this edition of the Truth Hurts program. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. If you don't like what you hear, who cares? Go out and make it a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program, copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Network. Mm-hmm.